one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of somebody quitting when their job tries to make them do just a little bit too much. But first a story from Flamtap. Drums are too loud? Okay, I'll play quietly. I'm a drummer, I do a lot of work accompanying musicals and choirs, and doing this work, I've had to learn to play very quietly. When I say quietly, I mean I have to play my part underneath dialogue of a musical and have the audience still hear the words of the dialogue, undisturbed by my drumming. I can play quietly. On to the story. I was accompanying a choir and we had a rehearsal at a church a couple days before the big concert. The rehearsal went fine and we played through the set of music with no issues. The first day came where we were in the venue, it was a dress rehearsal. I looted my drums, asked where they want me to set up, they point to the back corner where they have a big plexiglass shield sound barrier set up. I asked if I can get rid of the plexiglass shield and was told, well the drums are pretty loud so we're putting you behind the shield to help control the sound. I explained that it really isn't necessary and that I can play quietly. The director wasn't having it. These shields are typically used by large rock bands to get isolation on the drum audio so the drum audio isn't bleeding into other microphones. They also make the drums sound bad acoustically because the sound waves go out from the instrument as they normally would and get reflected back at me, the drummer, instead of going forward to the audience. Personally, I have great disdain that burns hotter than a million suns for playing behind these things. I'm not a wild animal that needs to be caged within this plexiglass barrier. So since they said that drums are too loud, I decided to play my part quietly. I played my part so quietly they were having trouble hearing me and asked me to play louder since the singers were having issues staying on beat. Singer problems, TM. I told them that I would rather take the plexiglass down so I don't need to play louder than necessary. The director's jaw dropped. He realized that it wasn't necessary. I think the question more is what is the industry standard? Because OP apparently later clarified that sound shields are the actual industry standard, so considering the standard is to play drums behind that shield, despite OP knowing that they can play quiet enough to not need it, would you guys say OP's more in the wrong? Or do you think that it should just more or less adapt to the person who's actually performing on the instrument? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Archer Necessary 5622 Don't want me to make anything? Alrighty. I used to work for a certain aerospace manufacturer. The plant I was in made wire bundles. They were basically how the computer and the plane communicated with the rest of the plane. Our side had been experiencing slow output for a long time. On the books, we were a year behind schedule. Everyone could go from working 40 hour to 80 shifts for 12 months, and we could maybe catch up. Management was constantly getting chewed out by customers. We were constantly getting chewed out by management. It was a pretty awful place to work. Because we were so far behind, management's bright idea was to hire a whole bunch of new guys. Just throw more people at the problem. Great, only one problem. At our site, we quality checked our output ourselves. 
There were a few steps where quality assurance was called in to just double check. For the most part though, we had to make and check our bundles ourselves. However, you had to be working a pretty long time to earn this right. We're talking six months at the fastest. Until then, you were assigned a mentor to check your work and maybe even teach you. This worked fine when the mentor to mentee ratio was one to one. Thanks to the hiring spree, however, mentors were absolutely flooded. I had five people assigned to me at one point. This meant that the people who could make wire bundles the fastest couldn't. They spent all their time checking other people's work instead. It gets worse though. New guys were of course slow and made mistakes. If a mentor doesn't catch it, the mentor's quality gets dinged. Not the new guy. Once the mentor started getting flooded, a lot more mistakes were let through. This meant that basically the entire line was in danger of losing their own quality checking status. We were absolutely pissed. My manager was pretty green as this was his first time in such a position. He was one of those guys who thought now that he wasn't on the bottom rung, he was superior. He called a meeting about how our quality was down. His new idea was to give mentors more time to check bundles and just wave them actually making harnesses. I pointed out that the most of the actual production on the floor came from us, the experienced techs. If we didn't work on the actual harnesses, there was no way we would gain on our schedule. My manager looked straight at me and said, I pay you, I decide what you do with your time. That was that. I would spend all my time checking, cue malicious compliance. Where I used to spend 50% of the day checking, I now spent 90%. I would ding my mentees for the smallest of mistakes. Connector has a tiny scratch, scrap the harness. Wire is bent a little funny, scrap the harness. Label has a small smudge on it, scrap the harness. Each time that costs over $20 in materials in a couple labor hours. Multiple times a day. I became the pettiest, most micromanaging inspector imaginable. All technically against spec, and thus correct choices to make. After a week, other mentors caught on too. We kept it up for a month straight. Our production was half of what it used to be. Sometimes I could see the manager in the office crying after a customer call. Manager had a meeting after that in a big huff. After talking it over with quality assurance, they had reached a decision where most mistakes would land on the mentee, not the mentor. He looked absolutely crushed. Things went back to how they were before, with us now a year and two weeks behind schedule basically. I stopped working there a while after. From what I hear, it's still absolute heck though. You know why it's absolute heck still? Because they allowed somebody to be in a managerial position who was willing to make those mistakes? And then after it was revealed just how bad they were doing at their job and how much further behind schedule they got, they allowed them to keep being the manager of that situation. Does a manager have to kill the company in record time to get fired or something? How much of a tank job do you have to do before they realize, maybe we should let this manager go? Our next story is from Pale Cause 3707 Work from home approval. A few years ago, pre-pandemic, the big boss where I worked decided he wasn't happy with the number of people working from home. So he decided that anyone who wanted to work from home, for whatever reason, should have to ask his permission, about 500 staff. We have a system for monitoring where staff are, which we use for booking leave slash training days, client visits, etc., and which defaults to being in the office. If you're not in the office, then you have to record where you are. Certain classifications require approvals from your line manager slash HR, etc. All fairly standard. 
So Big Boss told us to change the system so that all requests for work from home had to go to him for approval after your line manager. This needed some development work, so we added it to the plan and delivered it in the schedule in mid-March of 2020, three days before our world went into lockdown. From the end of March, every member we had on staff had to log every day as work from home and every request had to go to the big boss for approval. A week later, he wanted it turned off, but with all the extra workload, we told him it would take at least six weeks to get it in the schedule. Unsurprisingly, when lockdown ended, he was not so keen to be involved in the approval process, and now we have a much more flexible work-from-home policy. I mean, in a weird way, it's kind of nice, right? Like, yeah, it sucked for that guy, but in the end, it actually improved the work-from-home situation, so it's probably nothing but a win. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has great stories, like our next one from Becca Four Leaf Clover. In baking, you always follow the instructions. My mom was starting to get ready to bake something in the kitchen. She didn't say what, though she'd been talking the past few days of making banana bread. She asked me to pull out the basic ingredients, saying something like flour, sugar, baking powder, salt. Not entirely sure what we need, but it's easy enough to pull it all out. And with that last phrase in mind, I did. I started with the stuff she listed, but as she saw me doing that, she went to go find her recipe, and I went back in for a few more loads of other ingredients. Cocoa powder, peppermint oil was thrown in there, for some reason we have potato flour, cornstarch, vanilla bean paste, Quaker oats. Once I decided I'd done enough, I went to finish drying the dishes like she wanted me to, and waited. Over the next 20 minutes, she periodically exclaimed, Oatmeal? Seriously? or potato flour for banana bread and increasingly exasperated tones. I just sat there giggling and quoted what she said. I didn't know what we were making and didn't know what we would need and it's easy enough to pull everything out. I don't think she was as amused as I was but it riled her up so it was worth it. Even if she made me put everything back and help her with the banana bread, which I ended up making by myself. Either way, yay banana bread. Hey, more banana bread for you. I see that as a great win too. What's the general opinion on banana bread in the comments? Yay or nay? Personally, I'm a yay because I think banana bread is great. Our next story is from Ancient Educator 76 Hey, I only want two cookies. Have it your way. I work for a fast food joint in the valley. I have a busy drive through job, but I still manage to take care of my customers when I can, saving them money anytime I can. Most of our deals involve combos and multiples, and I'm in the middle of the night. We light up our live menu board for all to see. So in the middle of a busy hour, a lady orders burgers and fries, then two sugar cookies. I know the three cookies for the price of two deal, along with most customers. This lady wasn't in the loop, and that's fine. When most customers who don't know the deal see that lightsaber menu light up with a third cookie, they say something like, oh, I only wanted two, or an iteration of the like. You know, courteous as freak. Love my customers. But Cookie Queen here doesn't let me get a word in edgewise as I ring up her third free cookie. Hey, she says so loudly that three of the five drive through operators take off their headsets. The other two are impervious to such auditory nonsense. I only want two cookies. Her voice was so rude, I obliged maliciously, knowing she'd miss out on her purchase-earned free cookie. 
I know this malicious compliance is as low stakes as freak, but never have I reveled so much in the joy of counting to two instead of three. Honestly, I think the important lesson learned here is it just pays sometimes to be courteous if somebody seems to have made a mistake. First of all, if they did, then it's probably not much of a hassle at all for them to correct it. And secondly, if it's not a mistake, then either way, at least you're not a jerk. And our final story of the day is by Bowser Danger. You are not allowed to work from home. This was 2018-ish, pre-pandemic. I was working at a nuclear power plant in the mid-Atlantic. Once or twice a year, we would get a heavy snowstorm, but we were far south enough that the local government wouldn't plow or salt anything other than the main roads. The power plant had a policy during inclement weather that no matter how long it takes you to get to work, if you make it in, you get paid for the day. Otherwise, you have to take vacation. Note, I, like a majority of my co-workers, live in the closest large city which is an hour away. The drive to the power plant is one half interstate, one half hilly, curvy country road. I wake up and see that we have about 10 inches of snow over the night, and text my supervisor to ask if I can work from home. I have my laptop with me, don't have any work going on that I would need to be inside the power plant for, and I'd mostly be reviewing paperwork anyway. Supervisor tells me the policy for inclement weather and that he was at work already and the roads weren't that bad. I reiterate that I would just be sitting at my desk doing paperwork when I eventually get in. He is hearing none of this and tells me I'm not allowed to work from home. I need to drive the 50 plus miles to work or take vacation. I didn't even bother to respond and decided to take the vacation day. I head to a local store about a half mile away and pick up some snow sleds. I'd like to know that the roads were bad. I was driving a 4x4 and had some trouble getting to and from the store. The wife and I do some sledding in the neighborhood, have some hot chocolate, and other classic snow day activities. Around 11, I get a text from my supervisor, OP, are you able to come into work? Hardly anyone showed up because of the snow. There's some document we need reviewed, and we really need you here in case we need someone to do something in the power plant. I tell him sorry, but I'm taking vacation today per the policy. He tells me he's emailing me the document to review, and he can sign it for me if I approve. I replied, I'd take a look at it if I could, but my supervisor told me I wasn't allowed to work from home. He never responded to that, and I never heard anything else about it, but I didn't have to work that day, which was nice. Bonus malicious compliance, I'm a salary employee but have to record hours worked in a computer program. Our real HR policy says, if an employee works any part of the day, they will be paid for the whole day. I put 10 minutes of work time in for the time I was texting with him and didn't record any vacation hours. He approved my timesheet for 10 minutes of work and I saved a day of vacation. Honestly, good for OP for taking advantage of that policy because if you take a vacation day off and somebody from work calls you, and I would say it takes more than five minutes of your time to talk about stuff, tries to get you to look a document over. I would say that more than constitutes that they're trying to get you to do some work off the clock when you're not working for them. And honestly, I hear too much of this going on. One of the downsides of modern cell phones is people just expect you to be reachable for whatever at all times of the day, especially work, and it really shouldn't work like that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. 
And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.